0: To the 14th installment of the Dogs Basketball Podcast. Here we are on this Tuesday with some big news on this day, some news that we saw coming a couple days prior, some breaking news. It was actually developing, but today it is breaking and it is official. We will we will open with that. I am your host, Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch, as usual. Noah. It's a good day for the MVC. We'll get some quotes in here on some officials talking about this important move,
1: Noah. What's going on? Yeah, it's a great day for the Missouri Valley and not just basketball, but uh, other sports as well. And adding a team like Belmont is just going to make this valley even deeper as they say the valley runs deep. Yes. And it's been, it's been rumored for a while of which of the
0: Ohio Valley teams would enter the MVC. And it seems like it's been a matter of time for Belmont over the course of this time. We know we've heard of some other schools like Murray State, per se, and we're not going to cancel out their uh, chances of joining down the road, Noah, because as we know, Belmont, the Belmont Bruins are the 11th team in the MVC, and they will not join the Missouri Valley officially until July 1st of next year, starting the 2022 and 2023 season. Uh, but like I said, that will make 11 schools, so maybe by that time we'll get the 12th school. What do you think?
1: Yeah, uh, from what I see, that it, it they could stick, that they're comfortable at 11 for now, and that it could change either quickly or it could be a while, so not sure, but if you add another team that just splits the share of the money across more teams, so not sure how that'll look out, but uh, staying at 11, uh, tw- going to 12 would make more sense Conference when conference tournament comes around, but... There's a lot of conferences out there with 11 teams, and they run the conference just fine, so I don't see any problems with 11 as of right now.
0: Yeah, you're right. Other conferences do do it, so we could follow that mold. It would just make sense to have the even number. 12 is a lot of a lot of teams, especially for mid-major. I'm sure it's around a lot of teams have that many, but 12 is definitely a lot, even though it's only added to the 2 of, from the 10 that we've had over the course of however long. So it is great to have them, as we know. They are a uh, really smart school, and obviously they've been really good at basketball over the course of – they've been top-notch of the Ohio Valley Conference, Noah. I mean, they've been up at the the pecking order for a long time. We know the OVC plays their conference tournament at the Ford Center in Evansville, and they've made a lot of uh, NCAA tournament appearances over the last however long. Uh, We'll get into that here, but – their AD or their AD and their president had some quotes from the day. Scott Corley, the AD, quoted, "To think in 25 years what Belmont has done by going from an NAIA school to today, joining one of the oldest, most prestigious, and competitive conferences in all of Division One, it's really humbling." And then their their president quoted, "We couldn't be more proud and excited to be to be taking this next step. I am thrilled to be a part of the Missouri Valley Conference." And we look forward to it with great anticipation. Uh, Noah, from their what their AD said, being a former NAIA school, that's that's pretty noteworthy. We've talked before about schools at that level, and even at the Division two level before working their way up. Because we were talking about USI even earlier today about them wanting to make the Division one jump what they could do. But they could be a prime target for the OVC, right?
1: Yeah, that'd be that'd be the best case scenario for them is since Austin P is now headed to the Atlantic Sun, and now Belmont's jumping ship and going to the Missouri Valley. That would be a perfect spot for them to slide in, and I've heard the rumor that uh, Western Illinois, who plays in the Valley for football, and I believe the Summit League and other sports, that they could jump ship and go to the LVC as well. Yeah, so a lot of
0: options, yeah, because of the movement around the country, conferences, could be a lot of other movement within theirs. We mentioned Murray potentially down the road. We've heard them a lot with other. uh, Let's go ahead. Before we, there's some more quotes here and some more. We want to get to some Belmont's history a little bit to refresh in people's memories. But who are some other teams quickly that you've seen or heard over the years that could still be maybe that 12th team? We said Murray. What are some other ones that you've seen before?
1: Yeah. Murray's always been one that maybe uh, Mike Reese mentioned on Twitter with conversation with people that, SIU has not really blocked them, but has fought against that since they battle regional for regional wise for like students and stuff. So that's one Um, a dream one always people mention, which I never see happening is SLU. I don't don't, that'd be regional wise and geographical wise. That'd be a great one, but I don't see them ever leaving the A10. The money and stuff is too good for them. Um, There's been several others. There's always People mentioned the Horizon League. We took Valpo out of the Horizon League. You'd see North Northern Kentucky out of there, which that would be wouldn't be a bad one. There's um, there's mentions of maybe the Dakota since they're already here for football. North Dakota State and South Dakota State have had good basketball programs, and I've ever even seen if you go down to Texas, there's Stephen F. Austin maybe even mentioned. They play in the play in a decent conference, but there's been so many names thrown out, but really the only one. Belmont recently finally jumping ship and coming. Murray State would probably be the next in line if I were to guess, but I would not would not be mad if like they went and grabbed a Northern Kentucky, who just made recently the jump to Division One as well recently in the last decade. So that's another program on the rise.
0: Yeah, and as we know about Northern Kentucky, obviously Marcus Damask was committed there. With their coach, I can't recall his name. He went to Cincinnati, though, so Marcus reopened his recruitment, obviously came here, thankfully. We thank Northern Kentucky every day, it seems like, for that. Uh, but, yeah, if people will remember that, because that is what happened. You're right, because we talked about how Belmont is a quality basketball opponent, clearly, that we talked about maybe if that 12th team would be someone to their, to their quality of how successful they've been, or maybe even somebody to just fill the 12th spot, somebody – that maybe won't, you know, be as good, but somebody that will, because uh, uh, you, you want good teams, obviously, because if you add, you know, semi-bad teams just to add them for that spot, you know, even if you beat them every year, you know, it doesn't really do anything for you. It, is, it helps your conference record, I guess, overall. But when people look at it and say, well, you beat them, you swept them, no big deal. We want more quality teams, and that hopefully that 12 team will be, and all those teams you mentioned are, definitely Stephen F. Austin, for sure, comes to mind with their success, So Belmont is a quality program. And you mentioned SLU. Yeah, we talked geography-wise. It does make perfect sense. You're right. They are in a quality conference with a lot of quality schools. And you mentioned the money. It does make sense. Um, And even with, obviously, they're, they're they're in St. Louis. That's where our conference is based in. That's where our conference tournament is. I don't know if they looked at that ever as an advantage for them. Who knows? But, yeah, you're right. It's hard to imagine them leaving where they're at. And they are obviously a prime target, yes. So a little bit on Belmont. They've had so much success. They've won 20 conference championships since 2006 overall. That is the third most nationally over that span next to Gonzaga and Kansas. It is one of only four college basketball programs to win 19 or more games, 20 and 16 consecutive seasons with Gonzaga, Kansas, and San Diego State. They are 130 and 24 in conference games over the past nine seasons, and they've defeated the likes of North Carolina, UCLA, Alabama, Georgia, to just to name a few. There's tons. So they've had tons and tons of success. They've had multiple NCAA tournament appearances in baseball and all these others and all these other ones. No, it is tons of success, and obviously, it gets to the point when you talk about uh, education, like we've talked about, and how successful they've been in that regard.
1: Yeah, that's uh, another big old plus. Plus, you get the national Nashville media on the other side of that, so there's even more to take away from Belmont adding to this conference.
0: It says that they 12 Belmont teams have received annual honors for posting the highest cumulative team GPA in the nation, annually ranked among the top NCAA athletic programs and graduation success rate. So this does help the conference. I'm sure they were pushing to get them here for the reasons like that as well. We know Loyola is a pretty smart school. All, I'm sure all these schools are, but Belmont sticks out. Cause I know people, we both known people that have went to Belmont. They've been really smart. It's obviously Nashville. We know Vanderbilt a smart school. Nashville hosts a lot of smart schools. Belmont's definitely cream of the crop in that regard. So it is great to have them on again. It won't be till July 1st of 2022. So not this season, but next it'll be interesting because we know Nashville is only, for us, about a three-hour drive tops. Most of the time, so it's not like that's a bad trip. We make longer, way longer trips to Iowa and stuff like that. So for those schools, it would be longer trips, be some flying involved. But especially it's on the outskirts of Nashville, right? So, I mean, won't be too bad of a trip. And we know we're glad to have them in terms of, uh, you know, quality of opponent. It's nice to add that for the future, so. Uh, final thoughts to know on Belmont. I'm sure we'll obviously talk about that more down the road, but great to have them.
1: Yeah, it's great to have them. Uh, they're getting out of that conference of the OVC, which has fallen apart recently with the likes of like Eastern Kentucky, Jacksonville state jump ship. Now Austin P now Belmont is following suit. So Murray state, Shouldn't be far behind unless they say, "Hey, we got an easy way to win a conference championship every year." Exactly,
0: and we've heard and we saw Todd tweet, and if we go look at them, I'm sure we play play them. We might we'll mention them here shortly. Semo might have a decent year coming up, Uh, and even Belmont. We'll be rooting for Belmont to win their conference this year and show out. But they have some. You mentioned Austin P. Where are they headed? They're at the Atlantic Sun. So yeah, I mean, yeah, a lot of conference realignment going on. We wanted to mention Jeff Jackson had a quote today as well. He said, this is a great day for the NBC. It's not often that you have an opportunity to add to your membership one of the premier athletic departments in the United States, and we've been able to accomplish that with the addition of Belmont. So um, that's along with just overall, yes, it, it's it's great to have them here. So like I said, we'll, we'll talk about them, I'm sure, down the road. Now, now let's kick off this. With And obviously all the other programs, SIU Athletics, all the athletic departments, wish them welcome to the program as well. So now, no, let's get into the full schedule that came out just yesterday. Uh, you said that it came out beforehand that they were sending them out to uh, season ticket holders, right?
1: Yeah, they sent them out to, donor, to email donors and season ticket holders before they fully re- released it.
0: Released it. And as we know, they released the conference schedule, what, a week
1: ago or whenever we did our
0: last pod, I guess. So two weeks ago, maybe. They released the conference schedule, so we were looking forward to that, obviously. But now it's official because we've been wondering. And remember, if people remember, we talked to Brian. We said we did about when you know more conference games would be announced. And he said a couple weeks. That was back at the end of July. So obviously time has gone on, and they've been a little uh, you know, still figuring it out, obviously. And we know that Liz done, did a great job for it. And I'm sure the firing with her for this last little bit has hurt in terms of you know, establishing finally who would be in. But uh, no. let's go over this. We're not too impressed with, obviously, our conference schedule. There's a couple teams on here, Noteworthy, and obviously our big tournament we'll talk about again. But uh, obviously, you know, we know we always kick off the season with a really, really small school in an exhibition match. You know, at Henderson State, we kick off with them next month, October 26th, at the Banterra Center.
1: Yeah, DT, a D2 school, so uh, we always play either – Last year, I believe, it was Illinois-Westland we kicked off with. Yeah, yeah. Learned the last couple of years, and uh, maybe a Minnesota school the year before that, I believe. So, always have that team. It's uh, always interested uh, always interested to see get us really going to kick off the year. Yeah, that's a good game to –
0: because I know whether there was last year with Illinois-Westland, they might have been two years ago. But, yeah, a Minnesota team, you're right, last year potentially that maybe we – had a rough start against, but then we obviously we turned it on and uh, destroyed them like we know we should. So this is one of those games, obviously. And then about a little over two weeks pass, and then Noah, November 9th, we play at Little Rock, obviously the, for, uh, the uh, former team of new Cash Cupette. This is cool that they managed to get this game. I'm sure they did it for a reason, in a sense. We know Little Rock's been a quality team. Cash has been really good for them over his career. It's a nice welcome back for Cash, isn't
1: it? Yeah, it's uh, cool to see, I guess. So uh, that's uh, to get your feet wet on the road and see what kind of team you have. That's a decent team to find out, I guess. Yeah, if they welcome him back with, you know, we're just honoring
0: him in a certain way. And then we know there'll be a decent team. You're right on the road. You never know how that could go. With all these states and their capacity, you know, that, that could be a nice road road game to kick off with. And then no Austin P. we know we're paying them to come here. You said that they're leaving conferences probably the next year as well. Austin P. they've had success at Ford Center and in their conference tournaments, and just before in general, it stinks with OVC for losing these schools. It's inevitable at this point, but Austin know knows a quality team. We play them three days later on the 12th at home.
1: Yeah, uh, they're the highest-rated, according to Ken Palm at the end of the year, they're the highest-rated team at 215th, according to Ken Ken Palm, coming into the – Arena, So that's the highest team we'll come and see into our hometown. Yeah, we talked about how unfortunate
0: that is, that we wanted to have. We had San Francisco a couple years back. You know, we would have had whatever school was last year off the top of my head. Not not sure, but – and we know COVID messed up a lot of stuff. But, yeah, Austin Peay being the best team we have coming in, it's a little unfortunate. um, But, you know, we know that this other game coming up, Beer. We'll get to it in a second. No, after the Austin P, we, we know we have that tournament over in the Virgin Islands, kickoff with uh, Colorado, who we know is a quality program on the 19th and then the next day or the 21st, depending upon, well, obviously, no matter what, we play, it says Duquesne or Northeastern. We know they're in that tournament, so depending upon who we would play in that game and that matchup, hoping we could beat Colorado. It'll be fun to preview them when the time comes. And then that November 22nd, I'm sure it'd be the, obviously the last game of that tournament, whoever we played there. Then out of that tournament when we come back home, we'll be hosting Alcorn state. Uh, I mean, we've heard a little bit on them over the years, obviously not the top notch of basketball programs, but you know, what do you, what do you know on them? And they're not awful, but they're not obviously that good.
1: Yeah. Uh, they're known for more mainly football that I remember. Uh, but, uh, not really a good program, I don't believe. Uh, they finished uh, like three over in the 300s last year, 342nd in the Ken Palm ratings. So not a great home game.
0: Not at all. That's a big number. It's almost like you feel like you don't how a number can even be that high for certain teams. That's rough. And we talked about the at Evansville we have on the kickoff December of the one first conference game. Then right out of that, we were at home again. Get Southern Miss, as we know, we played there a couple of years ago, and we had a big lead and blew it and lost in close fashion. That was a heartbreaking loss. But now know we get to uh, because we were supposed to play them last year, right? Yeah, because of COVID, it got moved to this it year. Got moved to this year. So it'd be nice to get revenge on them. So they'll be kind of where are they in the camp? Two hundred fifty six. So that's not great either. We understand, and they just played Alabama in football recently. Uh so overall they're an okay pro or school basketball not so much, but these are games obviously we need the besides the tournament to wipe the slate clean in a lot of these games. But here Noah, here's the big one out of the AAC Tulsa. We played Tulsa a couple of years ago in the um uh, in the La Vegas Thanksgiving tournament, right? Correct. And did not go so well for us.
1: Yeah, really? uh we're getting paid. This is, a, I believe, 58000 is the payout for that. There's no return game in that contract. In that game a couple of years
0: ago, it was them who killed us, and we beat UMass, right? No, it was the other way around. Other way, so we beat Tulsa and Law and got killed by UMass. Yes. That's right. I was flip-flopping those schools. We know UMass had a huge dude who we seemed to not be able to stop. So, yeah, I mean, Tulsa, I know, um, they've beat a couple, a couple good teams in their conference over the last couple of years, so – That'll be a definitely interesting matchup, being because uh, they're obviously probably, they're the biggest school we play non-con, so that'll be interesting. And then Noah, that's on December 11th. December 15th is this game against SEMO, who might be, you know, the conference. Well, obviously Belmont's still there and everything, but maybe they can make some noise this year So we host SEMO again this
1: year. Yeah, that's uh, always good to have them scheduled. They finished 269th in Cam Palm last year. Uh, Todd Hefferman says that. Brad Corn has a pretty good squad, according to him, what he's heard. Uh, so hopefully they will make some noise. They still have Belmont, Austin P, and Murray State to go through in that yes. conference. Um, and as we know, obviously we kicked off our season
0: last year at Semo, in a crazy game uh, that ended up on relying on free throws at the end. We were proud that we came up with that. That was a good test to start the year. And yeah, Simo obviously last year and then over the course of a little bit, you know, they've had they've added guys that we've been in on. So yeah, some players that we're familiar with.
1: Real quickly, what was Tulsa's camp Palm? I forgot to ask. Uh I do not I just looked up the home games. Okay. Uh
0: so I'm sure they're just maybe in the one hundreds, but probably not like too crazily bad, I'm sure. And then Noah here after the SEMO game on December eighteenth at home against Maryville. We we've known people that have gone there before, and they had somebody recently that a former Saluki, right? Yes, that uh, they had a uh, Dion Lavender, and we know that he bounced around. He was here. He was at UAB. He was at uh, Valpo. Now he's was at Maryville. We haven't checked the roster see if he still is. He might be. We know how good he was as a freshman. It was unfortunate him and Jordan Caroline taking the way out. But uh, it would be interesting to see him come back because he, he, he did pretty well when he was at Valpo against us and UAB. They both made the trip. to uh, so, so he's familiar, obviously, with it. So he's not now. So wherever he is, good luck to him. And then here, Noah, four days later at San Francisco, we mentioned Tulsa might be our best non-con team, but this one is. We know they came in our place a couple of years ago. And one of the three home losses we had all season long was by them. They were our only home non-con defeat. They were really good. I wonder how they are this year. You don't have their camp on either, but I'm sure they're in the –
1: they're really Gonzaga's
0: biggest threat in their conference, wouldn't you say?
1: Uh, BYU would be. And BYU. BYU would be their major thing. St. Mary's would be the other. But then San Francisco, they had a good stretch a couple years ago.
0: Yeah, so they will be quality making the trip all the way to California to face them. That's interesting. Um, that'll be fun for them, I'm sure. And then Missouri Baptist, no, that's how we end our non-con. Small school again.
1: Yeah, NAIA school. Um, finish off the non-con. Uh, not impressive at all.
0: No, and uh, you know that'll be a nice, I guess, like a warm up before we at home versus the Loyola's and Drake's to kick off the conference here in the new year. Yeah. Overall. I mean, yeah, the, the road games aren't awful. I mean, there are best matchups, little rock Tulsa and San Francisco. So road wise, that's not awful. Yeah. We like for it to be better teams than even those guys, but I feel like obviously maybe they coordinated this to, you know, base. They did, you know, rely solely on this tournament we're in, which does have really good teams. So yeah, but it would have been nice to play definitely better teams at home because yeah, you mentioned right the uh, we want more people at these games, but if they see we're playing the likes of Henderson State, Missouri Baptist, Maryville, that maybe it
1: will cut down on our attendance potentially. Yeah, right? it's definitely bad when your five home games non-con are Austin P being the best best team coming in. You have Alcorn State, Southern Miss, then a D two school and then an NAIA school, NAIA school. If you want to fill up that arena, that's not gonna bring in a big crowd uh, unless you want to. I mean, unless they set up the schedule to stack wins. I don't know, but they're really relying on that tournament and some road games. And if you're not, win- if you don't win your first game in that tournament, that's probably gonna be a rough start for us. But it's bad no doubt. But uh, probably can't really blame the staff on this one. Uh, money is tight, and nobody really is lining up to play us this year. So uh, maybe some stacking up some wins and showing a little bit of success in the Valley can get you some better games in the future. Exactly. I agree with that 100% for the fact that money is tight, and maybe
0: that's got a lot to do with it because we don't want to pay whoever big to come in here. We know SEMO always attracts a decent crowd at our games like we do at theirs, so you know there could be good crowds for that. We mentioned how some of these, we haven't looked at the exact dates for a lot as we did during the conference season on that there are a lot of games back-to-back, but, you know, some of the biggest games we have, especially for weekends, we want people out there that they're not against the best opponents in our conference. That might be the case here, obviously, and there's not good at home anyway, but SEMO will draw a decent crowd. I mean, a lot of these if people follow our accounts or whoever and obviously know overall that the team will be pretty good depending upon obviously they'll go to those first two games but especially after we come back from that tournament hopefully with some success that that'll draw more people to these games no matter who they're playing and obviously we'll be at all these games um so i mean I, I think people will show up it's just like yeah the packed houses won't happen until we play the loyolas and drakes of the world throughout the conference season but i'm expecting decent crowds so we always say that and sometimes we're disappointed but and that's how it has been with football, even though football has been successful the first two. So it, it will be interesting. SEMA will probably draw the biggest crowd. I don't know how Austin Pete people travel, but those are, like you said, the best teams we play at uh, at home probably. So the Maryville's Missouri Baptist, those are unfortunate. The Henderson States are going to happen, but the yeah, Maryville's Missouri hey,
1: Baptist, If those two were ex, exhibition games, I would not. We wouldn't bat an eye yeah, at that. Yeah, wouldn't bat an eye, but those are in your middle of the schedule when you're coming off a – putting San Francisco in between them going right into Valley play. I don't see how that gets you ready for Valley play. Yeah, I know it would just be one of those warm ups You kill a team and you ride something going in there. It's
0: like a up. but yeah. I mean, at, at San Francisco with that travel, you know, how that, how they would take that and maybe hopefully if they lost coming back here, lifting the spirits up with the Missouri Baptist before you host those two games. We mentioned how we didn't know we were skeptical on how, you know, obviously you want to, Playing them first is great, the loyal and Drake. But if you play them on the road and you knock them off, that may then you have then then you're confident knowing that you're coming back home to maybe sweep them. If you get beat by them at home first, you know, oh gosh, we got to go into their places now and try to win. It will be tough, but it's great to kick off at home. Obviously, like I said, we're expecting big crowds there. So
1: yeah. Uh... I don't know just the Alcorn State game and the two non division 1 games are pretty insulting to me for home games wise. I mean I'm not asking for a uh Illinois or Indiana to come into Carbondale. I know teams aren't going to do that. I know we couldn't afford that. But you're telling me that you couldn't bring in a solid like a MAC program. I know um I know Evansville who's I know Evansville's bringing in uh UCF out of the American into Evansville. I know uh Valpo was bringing in uh, Toledo this year out of the Mac. You can't tell me we couldn't bring in a solid program out of one of those conferences who we've had more success. Even though we have been very good than those two programs in the last couple of years. Yeah, I agree. And it's just the money situation has to be the reason because
0: you're right. We're not going to get the Illinois of the world, but the other teams I was going to, we were going to get to some other teams around the Valley have their non-con games that stick out. If you can get that up. But, uh um, you're right. I mean, getting teams like UC like yeah, it just I think it all comes down to money. We mentioned Evansville. I'm sure they're not hurting for money. They have a huge stadium that can, you know, you know, be attractive to big programs coming in there and a great place to play. I think stuff
1: like that. And then overall, I mean, I, yeah, overall yeah. Not, not too pleased. And but. another big problem with the Alcorn State and the Missouri Baptist game, those are during holidays, so students will not be there. So where is your your crowd's going to be even smaller those two games unless you sell tickets at a cheaper price, which we know football just raised their prices after one week. So we'll see if they sell those in and bleachers, $10 a piece, you will fill up that place, but they will not.
0: Yeah. We know that they've, the prices are go between 15 to $20. Even like, I guess like concourse level and up even around 15 to 20. Yeah. You, football definitely caught us off guard with the price raise You're right, if they did do $10, I know they've had games where they've done that before over the last couple years, but definitely doing it for games like that, yes, because you're right, that's a day after Thanksgiving for Alcorn State, I think, or just obviously around the time, and then Missouri Baptist a couple days after Christmas. And before the new year, yeah, students won't be there, you're right. And we understand how important it is for students to make these games like they haven't in the past because they've been preaching dog pound this, dog pound that but it needs to come to fruition and during the conference year. I think it will when they come back to school. So you're right on that. During the holidays, there won't be anybody there. It'll just be season ticket holders and us. So yeah, overall, yeah, not too pleased, but, you know, they, they I guess they dealt with what they know they could and they did with what they could money-wise, and they weren't going to pay anybody to come in there, which... It's
1: disappointing. So. And I I had heard this... This was maybe the case that it could be bad, but I am shocked how bad it is, especially the home games. Yeah, for the, for the main reason that we want to sell out almost every game. So yeah, we, I agree. If you've got a schedule like this, you better be stacking wins. If you're not, it's not good.
0: Yeah, I mean, we, we expect to win a lot of these. Uh, definitely, obviously, those two last road games will be difficult, but every home game we have, we expect to win and then compete in that tournament. So, yeah, I mean, overall, yeah, not too pleased, but we'll see how it goes. Obviously, yeah, the chips fall, how they were with money-wise, I'm sure, and I'm sure if we were to even ask anybody that, maybe they wouldn't tell us, but that's got to be the reason. So uh, before those games, and obviously we'll get into every single one, we'll preview them just like we do this. October 26th will be here before we know it. We'll just give a quick update on the status of the team at that point, along with a little bit on Henderson State, even though there's not much to talk about with them. The Little Rock game, maybe a little bit, obviously, but we'll do the same for basketball as we do for football, so stay tuned for that conference season will be wild. And if you and we mentioned Belmont coming in next year. It's just really exciting time for the Missouri Valley. So a uh, little bit on that. Those were the two main topics we wanted to cover, Noah, but uh, there was Brian at the halftime of the game uh, football game this past uh, weekend. Brian sat down with Mike Reese to discuss the status of the team currently, and we'll play a quick three and a half minute video of that. Here in a second as it would load. he got Brian was talking about uh, like I said, the status of everything and Mike was fortunate to have it. for some reason it will not load. That is how it usually goes for us, of course. Um but it was good to know this know, obviously at this point with we wanted to mention also that we've seen the basketball players at the basket at the football game supporting and staying for most of it. You know, we know they've came and then they've showed up and left over over time, but uh, who do we see this weekend real fast? We saw Steven, we saw uh, JD, Kyler, Anthony, uh, who
1: else? Trent Dalton. Um, I believe uh, we had uh, two recruits on campus. We'll get to there. Uh, we'll get to NJ Benson a little bit more. Um I'm sure some coaching staff was there. Um, it's important that if the basketball team was apparently there, they, they've been there for every home game. So they want the football team to come out with, during basketball season. It's important they support the team now.
0: Yeah, and we recall that Big Z, a of- uh, definitely too.
1: They've they've gone and
0: they've painted up at times over the years for rest of the games. So, I think and they're pretty active during that. Obviously, football's got a lot of players. Hopefully, they're a big reason why the dog pound's packed again. You're right. So, so here's Brian. Coach Brian Mullins, practice
2: time on Tuesday. Are you completely healthy? Everybody healthy? You know what? I think on Tuesday, or at least by the end of the week, we'll have everyone on the court. I think it'll be the first time on a year and a half that uh, all the players are on the court and everyone's uh, practicing and going through the workout. And uh, so I'm really excited. It's been a, a long process, obviously, through last year with the craziness of everything that our, our guys went through. in the uh, spring, summer, we've had a lot of different minor things. Um, so, you know, you know, we've been trying to push towards this date uh, where we can get everyone healthy and on the court for the start of practice. And, you know, we're moving that direction, yeah. In the spring and the summer, Does it look like you have a better team than you had a year ago? Yeah, I think we're deeper, uh, more talented, uh, older. uh, So for sure, for sure. Like I said, we haven't had everyone on the court um, uh, to really see different lineups and, and, you know, the way some lineups work together. But just in terms of our overall roster, 100%. Bigger team too, right? You should be. Bigger, thicker, stronger, uh, longer. Yeah, so I think all that stuff will definitely help us, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And you would, and you do that just by getting J.D. Uh, better. Yeah, I think uh, J.D., then um, you add Ben Coupette, um, you know, with his defensive versatility. Uh, I think Anthony Collier will take another step forward defensively. And then our freshman, you know, Foster 6'5", Troy 6'6", 6'7", Scotty 6'9". Um, so just in terms of that length uh, and athleticism, I think you know we definitely improve in that area. Most competition in practice will be at what positions? Oh, that's a good question. All of them. All of them. Uh, you know, I'm really excited. Competition for Lance and Marcus? Uh, yeah, everyone, everyone. You know, uh, you know, obviously Lance, Marcus, Trent—they played the most minutes in these first two years. They've proven uh, that they know how to do things the right way and play the right way. So you know, those guys have the credibility and the trust for me. Um, but all these guys, you know, are working extremely hard, you know, and I think that's what, I think, as a coaching staff, we're excited about the depth of this year's roster. And that probably will mean multiple lineups? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're going to, you know, go through things the next 30 practices. You know, we get 30 practices these next 42 days before our first game um, and look at all different lineups. You know, I think the one thing about our team this year, I think, we'll be able to play different styles, uh, different offenses, different defenses and be able to match up pretty well against, you know, teams that play five out teams that play with two bigs. So, you know, that's what I'm excited about. There's a report as we uh, record this at the Missouri Valley is going to expand Belmont is the uh, talk. Can you shed any light and do you favor expansion? Um, I, I, you know, I don't know if I can shed any light besides the report that you saw and everyone else has seen. Uh, The expansion i want whatever's best for our league you know this is a tremendous basketball league i don't think uh you know people probably even down here understand how much respect from college basketball coaches this league gets because you just look at our ncaa tournament record and we're looking at our record compared to all the other you know mid-major mid-major plus conferences in the country in the ncaa tournament no one compares to what the valley has done over the last decade and it's um you know so whatever can help our league uh, Belmont's an outstanding program, so if that is true, then we definitely welcome
0: Thank you, Coach. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. So, yeah, Noah, Brian mentioning there about Belmont, and he mentioned our success in the last 10 years. That's a lot to thank from Wichita State, obviously Loyola's run a couple of years ago. And Northern were, Iowa. Northern Iowa, they were good runs. so not a lot of as anybody else outside of three or four programs, So, but he's not wrong. You know, the storied success of our program, it's good to have Belmont, so... He welcomes it. He couldn't shed any light. He said it's interesting. He almost said like, ah. Eh. But he favors expansion to an extent. He
1: just wants what's best for the program, right? I agree. Uh, that's the what's best for the program and what's best for the conference. It seems like
0: what everybody agrees on that fact. But no, no, he talks about the team. And yeah, this is the first time in a while because obviously we wanted to mention that practices start today. He said thirty practices or so before the first game on October twenty sixth games. He said they're all healthy, and if we recall, recently, JD was uh, able to practice full contact recently, so it's great to have him in there. We mentioned when we were at the uh, open house that we saw Foster Wonders in a boot. Obviously, he's out of that. That's been a couple months now. And then, obviously, Ben Harvey, as we know, he had the surgery with his, what, spleen? Yes. So, and he's back. We've been seeing him at the football games and and such. So I'm sure obviously, yeah, he's involved at the time whenever he was out, it seemed like he was like forgotten about, because when we think about the fact that he's back, we think, oh, yeah, if you definitely if you obviously add Ben into what we're wanting to do, it even improves it. But he also talked about the uh, different lineups we could see. And we have discussed this before because we both have different uh Opinions on the starting lineup, how it should go, but overall, we know that it's going to be based on matchups and what other teams throw at us. Uh, that whether that's starting lineups or obviously on the core, that's based off fouls and if people are hurt or not, or people you know are in foul trouble or dealing with some or just need a rest. So that's ever changing throughout a game. But starting wise, yeah, it'll be based off who we play and what they have to offer. But he mentioned obviously yeah, we will be stronger and we will be tougher, you no know, adding. 'Cause we looked at old photos they they had recently on their feed and Scotty is looking as big as ever. We've seen him on the on the uh, at the football games with the team and then obviously you get JD healthy. He said Kyle and Anthony are gonna take bigger strides this year, so we will be bigger, won't we? He said the foster and Troy sizes too will matter.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Cash Coupette's athleticism and his wingspan on the defensive side of the ball, especially in a Brian Mullins and his staff coach team that's the biggest side of the floor, and uh, like they say, the best offense is the best defense. Yeah, and we've talked so many times
0: about the kind of player we've been needing ever since Armand Fletcher left in cash, that it's been a void that hopefully has now been filled. He mentioned that, and he mentioned the uh, competition throughout. Obviously, I don't think he was going to pinpoint anything specifically. Of course, he was going to say everything and everywhere, and Mike said, Mark, for Marcus and Lance, and obviously not. But you want those guys working hard and getting tested by some of our other guys, not saying they'll ever lose a spot barring injury, but uh, it is nice to have, because we've been seeing videos on those guys getting guarded, you know, by because it's nice to have somebody like Trent on Lance and practices because Trent's our best on ball guard defender, that it's great to have, you know, Lance experience that. And then they've had the big bodies of the Fosters and Troys and such guarding Marcus. So it's all great to see. And the fact that they're all healthy, Noah, Um, obviously to this point with 30 practices to go that that we'll get in this full rhythm before season. We wanted to mention beforehand that on our last pod we mentioned we didn't think Reese Johnson was on the team and it seems like at this point we can confirm the fact, because I sneak peeked in on one of the pods recently, it was a home opener, I was on the concourse and I saw Reese Johnson in a line of concessions because we know we saw the team and obviously he wasn't with the team so we can pretty much confirm right that Reese isn't on the
1: team yeah, we can confirm that pretty much. Uh, still not on the roster. And looking at practice photos, do not see him at all. So, yeah, I mean, and then we just
0: saw Saku's birthday, was it today? So, or yesterday or today. So uh, And he made a post on Instagram, didn't he, about something about his status and overall or what he's gone through, something like that? Yeah, he deleted, I believe. Yeah, because you read that to me earlier and you weren't able to – 'Cause we were gonna I think post it on our
1: Instagram account by the way, go follow Dogs Podcast on Instagram. He posted some photos and it said four years, four birthdays far away from my family, but grateful and blessed for the one I made here. Appreciate everyone who's been a part of my journey. Then he put some four hearts and he said, uh everything negative everything negative pressure challenges and an opportunity to rise. He's Put Kobe quotes.
0: Okay. We wanted to mention him because he did have that, and we know he's not going to be playing this year. He will be – like we said, I mean, what was the reason? Do we remember? He just took a year off. What was it for? I don't
1: even – there is, is there is no reason. There is no reason. He's so. just taking either – everybody thought he was retiring, but uh, right. some people thought he was retiring, but he's just taking – He's been through a lot recently and not be able to, because of COVID, not be able to, let's like Jack for the football team, not be able to go home because of the restrictions and all that. So he's been through a lot. And with the injuries, it just probably needs a year off from just everything. Agreed. And he has been through a lot without a doubt. He's the
0: longest tendered player on the team, right? Correct. At this point, he's yes. got to be, yes. So he's been here since it was the Amadou, uh, Amadou fall and whoever from Barry's. Final two years. It's crazy how long he's been here. He's stuck with it. It it would have been nice to have him, but we know the depth is there now. Scotty, we're hoping, will be a factor. So we wanted to mention that because he is still on the team. He'll be working, hopefully, in practices and stuff. So wanted to mention some of that little stuff and some of the players on their Instagram uh, following up with the schedule and they're excited and stuff. So uh, it's great. And Noah, now we will segue into – the quick recruiting update because it has been known about some offers and some visits lately
1: that we want to cover. Yeah. Uh, still waiting on the big one to find out where NJ Benson is headed. But uh, otherwise uh, we offered Braxton stacker who had visited over the summer. He is a wing out of um, Cardinal Ritter prep out of St. Louis. He is a big solid player. He's a top five player in Missouri, I believe. Um, we offered him. I know uh, we lost out on Ryan Conwell. He originally cut his list. Now he's committed to USF, South Florida. So we are out on him. We were recently, five days ago, on uh, a transfer, Chauncey Hawkins from St. Francis, New York. Um, had some decent mid-majors on that list. Yeah, had some decent mid-majors. Uh, FCCU, Florida Atlantic, North Texas, UTEP, like that. Teams like that. So we were in on him. That's a transfer, I assume. If I don't know if he's taking a year off or what, but if he committed. Yeah, it's to, a little too late. If, I guess if he committed today, he'd be getting here as soon as possible and getting ready for 30 practices to get going. But That's right. A little too late. But... Yeah, wouldn't assume he'd be on there. Maybe it'd be a midway getting a waiver and be able to play during conference play or something like that. But. We are in on him, apparently. Then, um, recently, for 2023, I believe, R.J. Taylor, a guard at a Glenbard West, we offered. Then, um, we had, this past weekend, we had twin brothers Miles and Wesley Rubin, place for Simeon, both power forwards. We both, we offered them, and they were on campus for visiting. How tall are they? Um... Probably around the six,
0: six, six, seven, probably maybe. Does not say. Either he doesn't sound the profiles, but power forwards. I'm sure that's uh, around that. I'd imagine. Yeah, Simeon, as we know, one of the top. It's where Cash played high school, pretty prestigious. One of the most prestigious in the state. Without a doubt, definitely in Chicago. One of the, in the country actually. So, uh, yeah, so they did that. Hopefully, they enjoyed themselves, and hopefully that we can be down to their list. We've mentioned. NJ, we'll cover here in a second.
1: Any, any more? That 2020, uh, Brock Harding, right? Yeah, Brock Harding is the last one for 2023. We went and seen him apparently today. He is out of mid-pro academy. 2023, six-foot point guard. So, yeah,
0: that's cool to see. So, yeah, a small update, but one at that. Some offers and obviously visits, some important ones down the road. And the most important, as you already said, NJ Benson, as we know, he took the final visit on the, uh, the weekend of the football opener, and he was at the football game with some of the players. We saw Trent and uh, Dalton talking to him outside. They came in. I don't know how long he lasted, but it's just we've always found it strange, Noah, that we know that he had a first workout with us a couple weeks or a month ago or so, and we even saw a picture that we know was, was going to be posted, we thought, but it never did, and then he never has posted that he's been here, you know, at the Missouri State and Murray with the picture with – Jaw that he never posted that he was at, you know, that he was here. We just always found that strange.
1: Yeah, uh, even his mom posted about the other vits on Twitter, I believe, too. And uh, what I hear is that Murray is apparently the favorite right now. So uh, that just goes along with I've been telling you that Jalen queen was just like this. Uh, we were spent a lot of time, Brian himself spent a lot of time recruiting him, and he, uh, posted all his other visits besides ours and he ended up at Loyola so I don't that I don't know if that's the new thing nowadays to take visits and if you're not interested really I mean we're in his top five so I can't really see how he's not very interested but uh, yeah it's just strange to see
0: yeah especially if I'm sure it happens everywhere with players talking to him and he's going to these games and all this stuff but I mean, do we recall him? He's he like I said here back in September 12 he He's got a picture of Missouri State jersey. We thought that was gonna be the favorite with the stuff that they're building. But he posted Illinois State. Even you know, I'm sure Dan is recruiting him big time and hard. He posted a picture with him Murray with jaws. We said, which as we said, seems like the favorite at this point. We have we know some people that can agree to that fact. I mean, bringing John Morant in for something like this is big time and. I'm sure he has a feeling, obviously, if Jaw can get to the league, so can I. And that's where we look at with football with Jeremy to the same extent. We know Murray is obviously a good program. So, yeah, I mean, he didn't with SIUE or us. So, yeah, it makes you think that the places that are closest to home for him are the ones that he's maybe not uh, interested or whatever. It's interesting because... We do recall, we, I think we talked in the last one, him talking with Scott Burgess on every single school, and he mentioned how close we are and the family atmosphere we have here. But in the end, no, yeah, it's hard to whatever the fact. He hasn't announced his final date yet. He's obviously got a season coming up. And being in Marion, he is in Mount Vernon. We will be sure to go to the game. Maybe go to a game up there one time. That if he's playing someone decent or even a good matchup, or how he's treated on his home court. And obviously, when he comes to Marion, we'll be sure to go to that game and see him. But not looking good for us. But and obviously, the not posting about us confirms that a Murray State is the favorite. So we'll be awaiting a final date for his decision. Who knows when that'll be? Like we said, so. Good good update on recruiting. Obviously, welcome Belmont next year. Like I said, we will be looking forward to their success this season, hopefully, if they can win it, and then coming in hot to our conference. It will be cool. And then, yes, the update with the team. Obviously, we always want to have updates with the team and the fact that Brian was with Mike for an interview and then uh, updating on the status of health and the fact that everybody's here for these 30 days. practice before our openers you know final thoughts on this pod and we know we're not fans of the non-con
1: schedule but overall overall thoughts of the pod yeah good pod a good welcome belmont that's a good add to the conference and yeah not satisfied with the schedule but it is what it is we can only control what we can control so hopefully we be successful in that tournament and stack wins uh this is probably the worst schedule since like Anthony being senior year or something. So uh, it is what it is. So uh, yeah, hopefully NJ, maybe he's waiting to post this picture when he commits to, us. I don't know. Something to think about. Who knows, but yeah, great pod today. He will imagine if
0: he did do that, or obviously us getting him would drown out any, for lack of a better term, sadness of how our non-con is. But yeah, you're right. We can control, we can control, and we can control that to an extent of who we, can schedule, but for money reasons, we know, as we mentioned, Liz did good for us in that sense. Maybe the last second that had a lot to do with the final word on all these and when we had to get it out, but uh, that will uh, lift our spirits a lot in that sense. So we just got to win these games. We know we can. We mentioned the tournament. Yes, we got to try to beat Colorado. We know Colorado State is also option, or just overall an option of leaving their conference where they're in to get bigger, so they will be a quality opponent even. We know Bradley's in it as well. So we will preview, like we said, we will preview – all the teams we play this year, just like we are, and obviously the games will be more prevalent. More, so we'll be coming up with lots of pods when basketball season rolls around. Cannot wait! We've been talking forever, and it's great, great to see the schedules officially out. So, for Nick Malone, Noah lurch this was the Dogs Basketball Podcast. Until we talk down the road, go Dogs!